0: What is going on, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of Orange Slices. We are your hosts, Heath Pierce, Mark McKenzie. One of us uh, is a champion from the first ever Nations League, CONCACAF Nations League final. The other one was there on the sideline. Trying to get some love like a champion. You came over to see me though, Mark. What's going on, man?
1: Nah, man. Of course, of course, I have to come over to see you. Bro. I gotta show love, man. You were there. You know, your hair was slicked back. You had on a, ja- a, a jacket. You know, yeah. a a sports jacket. said, "Wow, wow, this guy. Okay, he cleans up pretty nice. All right, he." Well, I gotta,
0: I gotta admit something that from that day, and I got in a little bit of uh, not, not heat, but I, I, I don't think I did my best on the broadcast at being an analyst because. I was going like, I was so into that game because when well when I was up in the, I was up in the suites before mm-hmm. and I, and, and obviously we'll go through that game in, in a little bit, but I was just chilling. Right. Just kind of like nervous, like a little bit of like gut wrenching and quiet. But when I got down to the field, 80th minute, not knowing what was going on. Cause I was like, Hey, we got to go on right after. We don't know when you're going to go on, on the broadcast. Like bro, I had a front row seat and you could just feel that you could cut through that energy, you know, uh, with a knife. And, and, and I just remember all of that. And I just remember, like, it was hard for me to just be there watching, you know? Right. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that game. Right. Yeah. Let's start from, you know, we got to start from the very beginning. Yeah, of course. We we can't start. We can't (laughs) skip to the fifth minute. (laughs) No, sir. We got to start at the very beginning. Yeah. Okay. So, so Mexico scores. Yes. What's going on? What's going on in your head, right? You try to play out of the back. It's the right yeah. idea. It's 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 the right way to play, in the way that Greg wants to play, right? It's not right getting getting nervous and just like hitting it long, but you're playing against but, Mexico, right? They're baiting, but exactly, but, yeah. So talk talk to me about obviously what happened, what you're thinking, how you felt after. You know, I saw you just after take a knee. I'm assuming you went with a little prayer, crossed yourself, and then from there and we'll get to all that stuff. I thought your distribution was good. Once I, th- I thought Kellen was, once Kellen started finding you and a good angles with his body, yeah. you guys were skipping lines. And once you guys were finding McKenney and, and, and Pulisic and, and uh, Gio Reyna higher up the field, that was creating, that was starting with you yeah. and that was actually creating goal scoring opportunities from there of just like a build up, you know, one touch from him, breaking the lines and then you guys were on your way.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, so to start from the very start, you started the game Boom! Bouncy ball. DeAndre then plays it back. Two options: you take a touch, boot it up the field, or try and play out. I chose the the more complicated decision. You know, as as a footballer, we all know you make decisions. You know, and at the end of the day, you live and you learn, right? And at that time, looking in retrospect, boot the ball up the field, bro. Like screw playing out the back. At that point in the game, we're sixty something seconds into the match. Emotions on a high, tensions on a high. Let yourself settle into the game, and you know, also looking back, yeah, you clear the ball, but I chose the other option. Get turned over at the top of our box, and as a central defender, you get punished for decisions like that. Every every defender knows, every goalkeeper knows that when you make a decision, it can either turn out to be great or it can be very ugly. And yeah, I learned my lesson. So yeah, at that moment, you know it's it's a it's a it's a gut blow, you know, mm-hmm. and you're you're a younger player on the field now and an extremely emotional match, you know, against your, your neighboring rival and you give up a goal in 63 seconds in the final. In a very pro Mexico crowd. In a very, that. very pro Mexico crowd. And at that point I said, you know, cause I, I remember as a kid, like I always had problems with, with putting mistakes in the back of my head and moving on, you know, and getting yeah. on with the game. And at that point I was like, if I don't, brush this off I'm gonna be screwed the rest of this match and they're gonna eat me alive so that's when yeah everybody saw me take a knee real quick say a quick prayer say all right we're back we're back we're back we're back and at that point it was just now settle into the game get your feet back don't allow your emotions to take control of you you know um not that I wasn't saying that before the game started, but again, you know, we know as the the match goes on, things happen, but yeah, at that moment it was like, like, this happened, you know? And and if, again, if you let this eat you up on the inside, you're going to screw not only yourself over, but the team as well. And we're going to find ourselves in an even worse situation. So from then I just said, we're back to playing, you know, this is, this is, this is football. So. Yeah.
0: I remember thinking like the next few minutes for you were going to be really important right either every time it came to you you were going to have like the jumps where you were anxious and get rid of it or you were going to settle back in and you never know how any player is going to react to that i remember a few times in my career that i had an instant impact like that on on a game right where Mm -hmm. either a bad back pass that led to a goal i remember in montreal in a game i was shielding it for the goalkeeper he was telling me to leave it And I was holding the striker off, and and it it led to a goal. And I remember thinking, like, bro, I could have kicked the ball anywhere, you know. And sometimes when I look back at certain moments of my career that I remember like that, I just think about the fact that, like, you see some defenders, and they'll just put the like. There, my mind was always on like keep the like first option, keep the ball. Mm -hmm. Second option you know like yeah. figure if there's some like if you lump it where do you lump it third option right. was like get a just get a solid foot on it and put it anywhere right and i see players that are very good at this around the box where yeah. they're not trying to strike it so hard that they whiff it and something bad can happen they're right. just literally clearing the one area and so when you when you made this mistake you made this decision after that you know, because I, I guess what I'm getting at is when those times happened, I thought it was the end of the world for me. I mm-hmm. was like, in my mind immediately, it's like, yo, that's the end. That's the end. Like, I'll never get past. In my mind, I'm like, I've literally screwed my fans, whether it was with the national team or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here's a better example. 2010 World Cup, last game, tune up, uh, tune up before the World Cup. We're playing against Czech Republic up in, I don't know. I think it's like in Massachusetts or something like that. Mm-hmm. And my guy gets in front of me on an ear post on a free kick. And and puts one in, and I remember thinking I held the line tight with my guy, but it was a split second decision, where I probably should have just tracked him because I was with him already. Yeah, and I remember thinking, that's the end. I'm not going to a World Cup. I, this is the exact moment that puts the like the 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 the, the nail in the uh, the nail in the coffin, and I'm done now. Like, do I think? It made a difference? No. But at the time, my mind went completely, completely like just shut off and weak. And I was in this vulnerable state for the rest of the game and the rest of the night as I was waiting to find out, am I going to the World Cup? Now, would it have really made a difference? Probably not. But it left me with this whole like, but what if I had a blinder of a game? What if I played Incredible? What if I didn't do that? Or maybe that was just what they see all the time. But I'm, this was the first time I'm seeing it. Did you, when it first happened... You know, you're talking about the first minute of a game, right? Yeah. Like in the biggest game
1: that arguably my career, yeah. Like, yeah, arguably of yeah. my career,
0: of your career, of a so lot far, of guys' yeah. career, and the biggest rivalry you'll ever play in. Like you could, you you could go play for Barcelona against Real Madrid. This is this this has a different type of thing to it, you know. It, yeah. And the crowd is in it now. It's an away game. It's humid. Like there's already all these factors. And so, what, what I guess, what was your first thought when that happened? You know. Because you know a lot of times people <laughs> yeah. do this, and the first thing you want to do is go tackle somebody or you do something you got you got get that do energy some rash, out yeah, you, you
1: know? yeah yeah, yeah, I think I had that moment, you know I think it was probably like two or three seconds of <sighs> I just I just shattered my opportunity with the national team. I'm about to get absolutely assaulted if we if I just started the game out the way we did not the, the opposite of the way we want to start the game, you know, go all, to all this preparation, and then you kind of blow it. In, in 63 seconds into the match mm-hmm. you know I had like two or three seconds of of all those thoughts and it's crazy how the mind just instantly is able to switch into that mode of of like that that fear you know uh, all these emotions just just fly at you you know um and as a, like at that point I was like, oh man, like what did I just do like what, what did this really just happen? you know th- those are things that are just floating, just floating, just floating. I was like, man, I gotta get this out of my head. Asap, you know. And people don't realize, so,
0: by the way, that people think that that's like this conscious thought that you're going through this process. Like when your adrenaline's pumping and something like that happens, it's a fight or flight mode, right? Your brain it is. takes five one hundredths of a second to process a thought. So you think about that over twenty seconds. Five one hundredths of a second to process a thought, and in twenty seconds, that is a lifetime. Yes, you know, thirty seconds is a lifetime. A minute. Is like you know like that's the amount of time you have where your brain goes haywire and then it's hard to come back from, right? Your brain goes yeah. into this mode where it's like, I need to protect you from what you're doing to yourself right now. I need to go into the safe zone or the safe mode
1: where like I can keep you from harming yourself, you know exactly, exactly, and then not only that, but you hear the mexican fan the the stadium erupts mm-hmm. erupts, so I got all this this crowd noise going crazy. I got the Mexican players celebrating on my back shoulder. I got my bench right next to me and all eyes are on me at that point. And it's like, what do you do now? You posted after the game, you used to dream about this, right? I think it was after the
0: game, right? That you posted mm-hmm. that? You said I used to dream. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dream. I used don't know. used to pray what for they, times like this. You used yeah. to pray for times like this, right? But with that comes pressure, right? You pray for that Absolutely. pressure. You, you you, want that pressure and that responsibility. But the flip side is with that responsibility comes moments in your career like this. And there's not a player that's on your team with the national team or a player that doesn't reach a certain height that doesn't go through these types of moments, you know? And again, I go back to the first two minutes of my first, first US-Mexico game in Columbus, 2009. The rain is like going sideways. Mm-hmm. And I remember Dos Santos, he weaves through like five of us and gets a shot on goal. And I, and, and I remember, it's like a, it haunts me to this day of like moments, right? Mm-hmm. And he beat me, he beat a few others. He drove inside and hit with his left foot. Tim Howard made a save. And, oh yeah, we just talked about this. With oh yeah. yeah, 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 too. And, and I remember that moment being like, oh man, like that was a, a, a split second that would have changed my whole national team career or life or, or whatever. I just remember that being like a seminal moment where it's like, oh man, you know, we got away with that one or I got away with that one. And fast forward to, I think that was actually 2008 maybe, but 2009, um, or maybe that was 2009, but 2009 Gold Cup final, 0-0 at halftime against Mexico. We give up a goal in the second half. And I remember they ended up beating us, I think it was like 5-0 or 5-1 or 6-1 or whatever it was, something crazy. And I remember us gathering in a circle when it was like we were down four or five goals and everybody saying like, have some pride, play with some pride now. And I remember just thinking about this, like, even though I don't think I played poorly that game, even though it was 0-0 at halftime, I was like, I have literally let down an entire country of people. I've let Mm -hmm. down progress. So when I go back to, to, to talking about how I couldn't hold my emotions, I've been carrying this weight on my chest since 2018 when the team didn't qualify for the World Cup. I haven't been in the national team for almost a decade now. But I've been carrying this scarlet letter of failure around Mm -hmm. on me because playing for the national team wasn't as hard anymore or wasn't as important anymore or wasn't as marquee or special. And so when the U.S. came out on top there, I was like, finally, like... Look at my stats, 33, 35 caps for the national team. You know, This is what I've been through, this is what it's like. It was like a reminder to myself, to people that have been haters for the last few years and even times during my career of just what it's like to play in the international game. And to see all of you young boys go through it and come out on top in a game that really could have gone either way, right? Mm-hmm. You had referee issues. It went both ways on goals. There was mistakes. There was a saved penalty. There was emotion. Man, they were running you guys side to side in extra time, you know? Linus on one side, Chucky Lozano on the other side, and just driving inside. Yeah. And I remember thinking, when you made the mistake early on in the game, I told John Parker, I was sitting up at the suite, I said, once you guys passed a few things and you had a few attacks, like within a couple of minutes, I was like, we're going to win this. And it was like the first time in a long time that I remembered some feeling that was like, oh, we're going to be all right. And I had, there was nothing logical for me to feel that way, right? Other than like the team co- attacking a little bit more cohesively at the beginning of the game uh, than, than against Honduras. But yeah, it was like a prideful moment for me that it was, it's hard to put into words of what it feels like to be in this brotherhood where you all suffer together generationally and for your, your team and your generation to take over from an all-time low and to carry it back to this moment of pride for fans, for, for, for the team, for the players, you know, it, it's an incredibly difficult thing to do. So I, I just got to say congrats, man, because you went through more than anybody else did in that game and to bounce back the way that you did to get an unlucky call at the end of a game to go through all the things that you did and still you know, know that the team had your back, that you had the team's back and you guys found a way to come out on top is just like, it's one of the greatest, I think, performances, United performances in terms of like all the intangibles we've talked about, right? Heart, mm-hmm. discipline, grit, pride, all for the crest, like all these stereotypical things that I've ever seen. And so I just want to, I, I, I just want to give you some, a, a shout out for that. And, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was, it was a special, a special thing to witness and something that, that I'll never forget. And, 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 and for sure, you'll never forget.
1: No, I, I mean, from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate that, you know, and I know the guys, guys would appreciate that. And, um, I know they'll, they'll give this a listen as well and, and say they appreciate it as well. Uh, cause and I mean, shoot, as a spectator, it had everything you could have wanted, right? You know, it had screw ups, it had goals, it had PKs, it had referees blowing calls, it had fights, it had stuff being thrown onto the pitch, you know, and, and we'll type into to all those, the, you know, some of that stuff later. But yeah, man, it's it was a special night just because of the roller coaster, I think, that everyone had gone on. For a hundred and twenty plus minutes. Oh yeah, the the five added minutes after the first half, mm-hmm. the seven added after the second mm-hmm. half, another five after the first extra time, another six after the. Bruh, it was like at least one hundred and forty-five minutes. Three minutes for step one. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for the the, the, the discrimination, discrimination, protocol yeah. and all of that. But I remember just going into that game, and how we spoke as a team about how and and look, we we've spoken and we had a guest speak on it as well about how Concacaf is just different it's just different you know mm-hmm. that that the, the the play the game is it, it just has a different feel to it you know you can play in you know playing in belgium yeah the intensity is there and whatnot but this just took it to another notch you know the international football side playing against a rival you know in you, supposed to be a home you know a home environment feeling like a away environment it just had a different feel to it and and in and and before we even left the hotel you know we had a team meeting and just said this is going to be a dog fight. This is going to be a street fight. You know, we can try and make it pretty, but at the end of the day, these are two regional foes wanting to come out on top and show that they're the top dog, right? And it's going to have every single thing in it. You know, we we I think Greg went around and asked the guys who have played in finals this year. What did what did the what did the final feel like? You know, what did it what did it require? You know, got determination, grit fight, intensity, heart, passion, you know? And he said, look, you're going to need every single one of these th- these tools in order to, to get through this match. And then we spoke as a group on carrying the responsibility of those guys who came before us, of the brotherhood, of playing for the the national team, and the importance of that, having your brother's back through the ups and the downs in the match. And I think that is is something special, you know, that... People will look at this team and say, oh, they're a bunch of young guys, a bunch of young guys playing here, young guys playing there, a lot of talent, a lot of potential. But I think what we were able to do as a collective, as a unit, to be able to, to, I make the mistake in 60 seconds, the guys immediately pick your head up, let's go on to the next play, on to the next play, they have my back. In the moments where we weren't playing the best collectively, you know, we weren't attacking as a cohesive unit, we weren't moving in transitions cohesive unit, we were getting just, you know, pass side to side look let's go I got your back you know if he hits you I'm gonna hit him if if this happens you get a scuffle I got your back if you know the the ref makes a bad call we move on together you know and I think that's Mm -hmm. something that people won't see you know and people won't hear about but but it's something that that we share just through the generations um and on that night specifically on Sunday night it was something that really carried us over the edge so yeah Yeah. uh, yeah
0: you know. And, and, and one of the things that I think you'll come to find out and come to value from this game is that it doesn't get easier when you go into CONCACAF, right? Because you're going to stay in worse pitches, hotter weather, like all the factors that you can't control. You're playing at elevation. You're playing at home but in front of an away crowd. Like these are the kinds of factors that you'll lean on you know, as I went through my, my process, and I think in 2008, I had the most qualifying caps. And then 2000, I, I went through a lot of these tough games. And I remember getting ran to the corner flag over and over again by this local Rodriguez dude. I've told you the story. And I remember coming out of it being like, oh, wow, we got a result. That was amazing. We're good. You know, like my team had my back. He wasn't beating me, but I wasn't getting to do all the things that I thought that I would do, what I normally do with my club in any situations, because I had this dude standing at the half line painting the sideline. And just right. like, he's the kind of guy they invi- invented corner flags for. So he knows when to put his head up and cross the ball. Cause if he doesn't, he'll just run straight out of the stadium. Just keep going straight, you know, right. hit a long ball. He'll just run, <laughs> he'll run right into a wall He's <laughs> exactly. uh, kind of guy. Pacey dude. And I remember just, I say that because you don't know what you don't know. And this whole podcast is about bringing fans on the inside of this journey. And even for someone like you, I'm sure there were, there were times where you're like, "Yeah, bro," but I'm like, "I'm about to play Champions League," you know? Like, what, what's this Concacaf stuff? And you've been in enough like youth national yeah. team type yeah. environments and 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 Concacaf environments, but like you saw there what the difference is. And when you hear the stories, AK47s, yeah. bags of piss, all these things, you go, "Man, so it's not just about two teams of eleven, one trying to beat the other." You go, "There's all these factors, right?" You 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 made a mistake that let the whole stadium be the, whole the, country. Be the 12th man, right? Where <laughs> they the go, country oh, looking at you, man. boy, I'm about to lose my voice screaming tonight because we're about to run away with this, right? So fast forward now, Hector Moreno Hector scores. That's my guy. Bangs one. And now it's 2-0. And I'm like, this is Gold Cup 2009. These guys don't have the experience to come out of this. Gets called back. And I was like, how is this happening? And then it was on. And then you guys went punch for punch uh, with these guys. And and again, I go back all the time to something that Bob Bradley used to say, which is like, you need to have enough guys having good days for you to beat anybody. Weston, I didn't think was at his best against Honduras. Weston was balling against Mexico, you know? Gio making plays against Mexico. But Weston, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Even, even, even for periods where I thought Pulisic wasn't involved as much as he could have been. And then he turned it on. And so you start to have these yeah. moments. The first 10 minutes, Kellen Acosta looked... I, I'm going to speak to this because you don't, you, you don't have to. And this is me as, as a fan. <laughs> Kellen Acosta looked nervous. Playing three out of the back. Where are his gaps? Where is the numerical advantage for him to come? The guy was following him around, so he wasn't coming deeper to get it. But then as soon as he found, like, where are my options? It's like, okay, I'm going to set my body up to be able to skip the lines when it comes into me. I'm going to pull this guy in and now we've got gaps. And when you guys were finding those gaps, it was bombing downfield and you had the better of chances, I think, uh, in, the, in the run of play from that sort of stuff. And so I guess what I saw from your team is one, the emotional maturity, two, the actual footballing IQ to be able to solve problems in real time, get out of situations, take what the game gives you, go back into a four back system, you know? being a personnel-based system. I thought there was a ton of courage from Greg taking off Sergio Desk. The guy plays at Barcelona. Mm-hmm. On paper, that's an insane idea to take this guy off the field. But it wasn't working for him on that day. You need to bring in another option. Went to a a, a flat back four. Not really a flat back four, but a, a, back, yeah. a back line. You know, forcing Kellen, Kellen Acosta to play left back for a while. Like all these guys just stepped up and bought in bought into what taking what the game gives. And yeah, I could rant about this all day long, but it was just like, I've got the whole game in my head. Like, I could, if I close my eyes right now, I could start with the first minute mm-hmm. and I can, get, I can get us all the way, like, literally almost pass for pass, all the way until our guy, Ethan Horvath. By the way, this is, you'll, you'll, you'll like this uh, little bit of a distraction. I was behind the bench in the first game and I was like, yo, Miazga, what's the deal, bro? You guys couldn't beat, you guys couldn't beat uh, Bruges? Like, <laughs> I was like, you, you couldn't hook my boy up with the trophy? And he's like, yeah, dude, actually, we blew it. And he's like, they go, I think, what'd you, how, you guys won everyone but one game
1: or two yeah, games? Yeah, we drew, we drew against Anderlecht. That was yeah. our only drop in points. Yeah. And so
0: he's like, and you come all the way back and, and you don't get the trophy because you tie on points. He's like, it should have been, that should have been different. But he's like, yeah, man, we had them, we had uh, Bruges in one game and they should have won. And, uh, he's like on one hand, they, in one of the games, Bruce beat them handedly, he said, but they should have won the other one. And that would have put you guys in on points. And so it was kind of funny to hear. And three of you guys in Belgium (laughs) is crazy. And then, you know, the, just a few days later, you know, champion of Belgium stands on his head, um, after not getting a ton of time. And I remember, I remember him saying, I remember him talking about, he did an interview talking about COVID. Mm-hmm. and being lonely, and yeah. he looked sad. And I know he's like a little bit of a calmer guy anyway, but like I remember that. And then to think about how far he came, go to the moment, gives up a goal, great individual effort from Linus, and then you go, huh, okay, it's probably over. And makes then you two kept,
1: big Mind you, he makes two big saves mm-hmm. after they score that goal to keep us in the match. Yeah, two big saves. The, people don't realize that how-
0: In that game, most games in general that are close, but in this game specifically, it literally could have gone any way. There was no way to know Mm -hmm. until the final moment who was going to win. And it wasn't because, you know, sometimes you have those booty games where there's a lump it in the box and everybody's crashing, trying to scrap for goals. It wasn't that. It was just good teams in front of the goal, creating moments where... You see a guy peeling off the back post and you're like, oh gosh, I hope he doesn't clip this in because he's going to, you know, he's going to get in behind, you know, like all these crazy moments that to come out with a win on that, you can't attribute it to anything else, but like team unity, effort, grit, fight, like all the cheesy things that you say played out that day. So I don't know, man, I could go in circles about this, so I won't. But what was it like for you holding on like that game and final whistle, right? Was it, was it, it was, what, did you get a handball call? You got the handball called on you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah bro, they yeah, were, we went, I mean, no, they were after you. You know what I mean? I don't know hey, what, a, like I've had, i again, I've had a few situations like that where you're like, I can't do anything. Like, how is this possible? And uh, obviously this is a makeup call from the ref, right? He's looking at, he's right, looking at right, that right, last right. one with ballistic, he and he's like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. If anything happens, I gotta, I gotta take a look. And once he took a look, I was like, oh, he's going to give it. And there's nothing you can do in that situation. So yeah. fast forward to the end. Horvath makes this unbelievable stop, not a great penalty take, but what are you feeling? And then after you tell me what you're feeling, we're going to go back to these moments of things being thrown on the field and all that craziness, because that's the real stuff that people don't realize. Like the hostility, people getting hit with projectiles, you know, it's like,
1: I don't think like, if you, if you can imagine like, uh, like you're not looking, you just hear something flying through the air, that that whiz, that is exactly what it was like. But, uh, but, yeah, to to go back to, shoot, the the penalty call, you know, at that moment, I was like, there's no way this is a PK. And then in my head, you know, I'm seeing him hold things up, and I'm like, dang, Christian just, you know, he called a PK, from, you know, mm-hmm. against Mexico, and, you know, he's been making this a pretty nice spectacle. Mm-hmm. This might just go, you know, in their favor. And as soon as he went to VAR and was sitting there, I was like, "More." the longer it took, the longer it took, like, man, he's going to call, he's going to call it. And as much as I didn't think it was, he called it, and at that moment I was, yeah. But in, in my in my fear- I had a feeling though, and I, and I looked at somebody, and I forget who it was, but I stood on the sideline for a second after he called. Everyone ran over, and I just looked up, and I was like, "Wow, what is happening?" And then one of the coaches was like, "Go back, go back," and at that moment I was like, "Ethan's gonna save it." Like this I just had a feeling, you know, and, and Ethan's a quiet guy, like you said, but but the moment, you know, he stepped into the match, into a heated, heated match, and you get this this sense of this calming this calming feeling about Ethan. And I'm I'm like, yo, he's he's gonna save it. And I'm standing there on the the, 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 the outside of the, the eighteen and I'm just watching Guardado and it's taking longer and guys are chirping, Kell's chirping at in Guardado's ear. You know the ref is telling everybody to step out, and I'm just like, yo, he's he's actually gonna miss his PK, and he he as he was running up, I could just tell something was a little off, and as soon as he hit it, I saw Ethan's hand to it, he sprinted back, you know, just in case, and yeah. the the feeling of like. Whew, wow, like what is going on right now? The the, the sound, the eruption of the, the 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 American supporters right behind the goal. Mm-hmm. The the scenes of Bro, my that was mis- I was running too. I was going crazy. <laughs> Everybody running to try and get a, a clearance on the ball, a head on the ball, a foot on the ball, just trying to blast it out. Then the Mexican player boots it back into the box and Ethan goes and catches it and just seeing him on the ground on it. the ball. Yeah. Bro, no. oh, what a oh. feeling. Hey, what when, a feeling when
0: when he made the save. My first thought was like, "Wow, he got a strong hand on it." But then I was like, yeah. "This play still going." And then when I saw the speed that people were attacking that ball <laughs> to make sure it cleared, legs were flying like head height. And then when I saw it bounce into Ethan and he was calm about it and he just grabbed it and dove on it, I was like, "We ride," you know. I was yes. like, "Yes." I was yes. like, you know, it, it was like you. you, you you got a second chance at life you know yeah. and then and then for you and for the team you get a little you get a little help from the penalty they get a chance on the penalty it doesn't go their way it had all the theatrics that you could possibly imagine and again the relief for me as an ex national team guy to be able to f- be proud of this national team you know in a game of significance, not just where everybody plays now, how much money everybody has and like the success of everyone. Cause I think that's great for the growth of right. the game.
1: Right.
0: But you see like most of it is going to come from the national team. Everybody wants the net. Na- like that's when you can say this country is legit. When you've got a deep national team that can win tough games. Bro, seven finals before that. Week. Yeah. Mexico yeah. won six of them. You know, yeah. like. We have that been in the locker room. Cup. We saw it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's we said like, we can't do this again. Mm-hmm. And and to and to, I don't think people realize how f- hard it is to claw your way out against the Mexico because as soon as they stretch you high, wide, bro, Oof. all of them are technical. Hey, come get this ball from me real quick. You know, you get in close. Whoop, see ya. Um, they got some players and they got experience right now that this U.S. team doesn't have. But with every game like this. You start to be able to the next big game, you're going to look at each other and be like, oh, England at Wembley and this crowd where they're just cheering when they switch the ball. Well, there's a clapping, you know, the, the, the people, people clap. People say the whole stadium yells man on when there's a guy on the back. Like this is a fun atmosphere compared to the fact that I feel like, you know, I'm on another planet when I'm playing against Mexico. And that stuff's real. You know, I, I, I played yeah. England at Wembley, Spain and Santander. And this is all in the same summer. Spain and Santander. Argentina at Giant Stadium, and then we went into qualifying. Mm-hmm. And all of that stuff was easy <laughs> compared to what qualifying is like because it's a different challenge. It's a different game completely. And you guys all play in clubs now. Like I played at a scrappy club that was trying to survive in the Bundesliga. But most guys are playing in good clubs where it's like teams want to drop against you. P- teams want to respect, have to respect you because right. you have more quality. You're all the best teams in the, in the in these best leagues. And so you got to go through these situations where... Even Honduras, you—they look at you and they go, huh, "You think you think we're just going to lay down and let you walk over us?" Nah, bro. I'm re- I'm I'm willing to put my head where you wouldn't put your foot, and that's the difference between right. me as a Honduran and you as an uh, you as the U.S. national team. That's the perception, right? Which is like, you can't. Th- there's certain things you can't teach. In these in these in these uh, situations, you know, it comes down to that commitment. And I thought you guys had it, you know. I thought there was luck involved in the Honduras win. I thought there was luck involved in the Mexico win, but mm-hmm. it'll never be a mm-hmm. day where where you basically run Mexico off the pitch or run Honduras off the pitch, whether home or away. You might win convincingly, but uh, but this idea because we have all these good players like like you and and the others playing at big clubs that they're so good that we're just gonna like, oh man, ticky tacky, like it ain't like that. Right. Yeah, man, it, it it was incredible.
1: Yeah, no, okay, and and just to go back for all for all the people who know me, like I always say, ball don't lie. All right, ball don't lie. So, big big shout out to Big E for the save, but yeah. ball don't lie, and that's yeah. why he saved it. So, uh, but yeah, man, look, th- so, this that's the those are the kind of experiences though that you need, you know, and that's the experience. That's the, the I think Weston said it. After the Honduras game, you know we needed that kind of experience. And then to follow it up with a game like that, for guys who hadn't experienced what it was like to play in the CONCACAF, yeah, you can experience it at youth levels, but it's different at the senior team level. It's different. The margins are smaller, and the intensity is just different. The, 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 the feeling, the passion, the fight, the grit, the emotion all of it is just different yeah. and that is the experience that i not only needed and, and and will learn from and benefit from but but the entire group so i'm yeah. now going forward into this world cup qualifying cycle it's yeah it's on
0: yeah so before we get to a topic that that i want you to speak on i got to talk about this meme i don't know if you saw it where the guy said yeah Sex is pretty cool, but have you ever experienced 128 <laughs> minutes of CONCACAF? And I was like, you know, I've seen that, I've seen that meme format, format, that tweet format before. But when somebody put that in, I was like, oh, like, I know when the national team plays in a big game of consequence and does well, when my friends that don't know the soccer cycles, they don't watch yep. the US team, they are not fans, they're texting me or messaging me going, yo... That was crazy, or yo the U.S. or USA or whatever. Like uh-huh. I had probably thirty-five to forty messages from people that I haven't talked to in a long time, that don't work in my circle, that aren't that I grew up like playing with from elementary school, that I don't talk to all the time still, from around the world, that all just message the same thing. Like yo, that was crazy, and that's the sleeping giant of the U.S. soccer fan. That's Concacaf. That's all of these things, and so y'all should be proud as heck, man, for. Yeah. It just for, for doing what you guys had to do to get a win in front was that the loudest stadium you've played in?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that's yeah. No, that's hundred percent, hundred percent the most rambunctious and for, for the whole match. Not not only just not just spurts, but the entire match from the Olays. Mm-hmm. And they connect two passes and the Olay start, and it's like, oh boy, here we go. Yeah. All of it. All of it. You know, that that's hundred percent the loudest crowd that I've played in, in front of for sure. Yeah. So I didn't know this at the time, but
0: I'm sending videos to JJ, who's running the social account of mm-hmm. uh, Slice of Soccer for, for Orange mm-hmm. Slices. So I sent him these videos of like walking out on the tunnel and the fans chanting where it starts with USA. U- the problem with the USA chant, by the way, is that Mexico is three syllables also. Yeah. And so... That gets drowned out. We got to go with something that has like a different high and low, but like US starts coming hard with these chants and the next yeah. go. So I'm sending all these videos in and I'm watching the game. I'm taking my nose for the broadcast. I'm doing all these things. And 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 I remember JJ writing back, yeah, things are crazy on, on, on social right now or something like that. I don't remember his exact terms, but I didn't think much of it. I just thought maybe like, you know, Either, either maybe I had shared footage that was like copyrighted or whatever, like got put, taken down or that's all I'm thinking. Right. So I leave it. And then I get up the night. I see you after the game. It's crazy. It's fun. Like I'm, I'm just thinking about how unbelievable this experience is. I can't sleep the whole night and I'm, but I'm, my my brain's fried. I've been doing this for a whole week. Right. I got out there around the same day as you did. Yeah. Working every day. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, um, I, yeah, I got there Tuesday. Um, Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like, man what a day, what a game. And I wake up to see that you've been and others have been attacked um, verbally. And I come to learn that there was being said in the stadium from people Mm -hmm. in the stadium that you were being attacked by like faceless uh, social handles. So I want to get your take on like one I'm proud cuz you you've put out a statement you've said things that needs to be said it's it's a horrible thing and people that have any class or understanding are so proud of y'all but what was it like for you who experienced this hatred while going like obviously you're not you don't have twitter on your like you don't have the I right, I, right, I I right, watch right. on yeah. in the game being like oh man yeah. like you know but yeah. like <laughs> you know but like you personally went through more adversity than anybody else did in that game because of certain things. You know what I mean by that, right? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. mistake, you feel a little more weight on your shoulders, yeah. you know, these yeah. types of things. So what was that like? When did you find out? When did you hear those things? Were you hearing them in the stadium? And when you started to see things on social, because this, this is what JJ was talking about, where he's like, mm-hmm. like now we're gonna lay low on social.
1: Um, yeah.
0: I thought it was literally because of copywriting that like maybe I showed game footage and they took it down or, or whatever. And come to find out that there's just all this racism happening on posts and 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 whatnot.
1: Yeah, so what was that like? Yeah, for you? I think no, no, no. It start it started in the game, you know, because at certain moments, like, all right, yeah, the mistake happens, and and I in my head, I like, all right, I'm gonna get bashed for it, but so on. You know, that's football. You know, I can take critique, I can take that. You know, you learn, you you make mistakes, you learn from them, you keep it moving forward, right? That's what my parents always tell me. As the game went on, you know um, things get more hostile. You start to feel the tensions rising in the stadium, not only on the pitch but but in the stands, and stuff started getting thrown. I think in the second half, and then you could kind of start hearing the, the 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 remarks, the comments, and you can't really put a, 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 a name to a face. You kind of just hear it, yeah, and it just comes from an area. You know, you got hundreds of fans in one area, so you just hear it. And then another scuffle happens. And then you have the one where I think uh, there was a post on, on, on Instagram from uh, one of the U S men's national team pages and, and they post it. And, and you see the, the beer fly out the stands and hit one of the Mexico players in the head. Mm-hmm. mind you, Jordan, Jordan or Sebastian, you know, he had great reflexes on that, by mm-hmm. the way, you know, that was, that was incredible reflexes. Um, but like, I saw it in my peripheral, but I couldn't, I didn't know where it was coming from, but but shout out to him for really dodging it. But when these selves are happening you hear it you hear it you you hear these remarks you hear the comments and you're like what is going on and you already got you you pushing and, and shoving the mexican players and you're trying to get your boys to have their backs and and then you go back and and go you know fast forward in time and and i watch the video back and you just listen to the you listen to it closely you know you forget the stuff being thrown yeah that's part of it right that's part of concacaf that's part of the hostility the rivalry it's still you know a bit a bit much but you listen to the video back and you're like is he really like are they really saying that you know and players or the fans the fans the fans you know like like are they really saying that you listen to it again you're like yeah he's he really he's really saying that and then you look and you're like what for me i'm like where is security where is where are individuals you know we talk about everybody's you know on this this trendy wave of oh I'm against all forms of discrimination. I'm stand up for my brothers and sisters. I stand for those, you know, who are discriminated against. You know, but it's in those moments, you know, that you really when you when when you when it's uncomfortable, that's when you really take action. And that's when, you know, stuff starts to change. When you now have, you know, I'm not saying you go snitching, but this is over the line. You know, it's one thing to banter and to 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 talk crap on on players and and say oh you suck oh you can't pass a ball you can't do this that's one thing but to personally attack somebody and racially abuse them that's another that's over the line you know that's yeah. that's too far you're trying to degrade the person you're trying to uh demoralize them you're trying to diminish their character their them as a human being that's that's far you know yeah. so now in that moment where are those people to stand up and, and do something about it you know mm-hmm. and then for me, it's like these these big. We have two two breaks in the match for discriminatory uh, discriminatory remarks from the from the stands. We pause the game for for three minutes at a time, and you have these protocol in place. But at a certain point, you got to stop tapping on people on the shoulder and saying, "Hey, don't do that." Yeah. At some point, what happens? Like, what's the next step? You know, what is what, what happens after that? Because they do it once, all right but if you if you you let them know like hey you can't do that and then after that if you tell them you can't do it and they do it again now you got to really take action and that's just how i feel about it it shouldn't in, in personally i feel like it shouldn't even take for the first step you know if it happens you cut it right there you cut the snake's head off and and you you deal with the rest right
0: yeah
1: but you let it be you let it be and this this fire just continues to grow continues to grow and then we get stuff that happens you know and and i'm not the only player you know i got of course I make the mistake and whatnot and people want to come at me with this, that, and the other, fine, so be it. But, you know, to not only attack me as a person, me as a human, but to attack my family, you know, F your mother, uh, F you monkey, uh, bananas, monkeys, uh, go hang yourself. Like these these comments, like, hey, what <laughs> goes through your head when you really comp- when you write these things? And then yeah. to think my teammates also get remarks as well. And the people that I love and care about are getting remarks as well you know, and, and all for the game that I love, you know, I love this game, but, but to have that attached to it, it's at what point do you, do you, do is there, is there really a line that's drawn?
0: Yeah. When, when you hear the stuff in the stadium, right. Cause when you play in a stadium with noise, occasionally you'll hear a comment, right. And I can't speak to what it's like to be targeted for the color of my skin. You know, I've been called every name in the book in a stadium, except for somebody being racist and I'll never understand what that's like. Are you able to block that out in a game when you hear that? Cause like all the other banter, right? You could say anything to me in a game, you know, sometimes you look at, you catch somebody saying, it. you look up there, you wave when you're winning, you can, you know, kind of interact. But when it gets to that point where it's like vitriol and hatred do you hear that? Do you feel that? Or is that something you process later on? Is it something that I guess kind of in real time, whether that person is racist or not, their goal is to ruin your night, right? ruin yeah. you, you, throw you off, create whatever advantage 100%. or disadvantage. And it's unacceptable. But for you, do you feel that then? Does it sink in later? Is it both? Is it something you go like, hey, don't get caught in that? Like, is your thought where you go, I'm going to go find that person, you know, and I'm going to climb up into the stadium.
1: Yeah, of course, there's that initial feeling of like, yo, did you really just say that to me? You know, and that, that initial spark of I want to go handle this, right? But there's the other side of my, you know, my mind that's like, yo, this is a final and this is an issue, it's ongoing. And sometimes when you hear stuff, sometimes you can't necessarily clearly like pinpoint what it like, is it is that actually what he said, you know? and And I like... Unfortunately, I like to give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes, so I don't necessarily go off the first first thing that I hear because sometimes you hear things wrong, right? You know, the words sound the same in, in some instances, but then to go back and to see the video, and I vividly like I can I can I vividly remember the situation. You know, Christians laying on the floor, we're trying to get the Mexican. Fi- Players all from around him. We're trying to create space for him. Help our man's out. The West comes over. He gets pushed. I push a guy. Then uh, de I think DeAndre comes and pushes the guy. So we got enough going on. And then you got the fans throwing stuff. Boom. You know, booing. And then you hear something. And it's like, oh, what the did he? Yeah, he probably did say that. But I don't know if he actually said it. And all that going on I, I, in my head. In my head, at least, I'm like, look, I want to. This is a final. This this match is emotional. And it's tense and I'm going to have my boys back and they're going to have my back. Let's finish this game. Let's win. Let's lift this trophy and really silence them. And then I can silence them 2.0 after the fact, you know, if it's a friendly, if it's something of less consequence, I'd probably take different action, you know, in a sense of pointing them out. Yo, you know, he said this, that and the other, you know, telling my teammates, yo, he said this, I'm not, I'm not about to play, you know, and knowing that they have my back going to the stab, yo, know, the, the fans, you know, they, they throw in our racist remarks. This is it. Let's wrap it up. You know, mm-hmm. uh, tell the ref to call the game, you know, just cause again, I feel like that's one of the only ways to really get things to change. But in, in that moment, I can't say that I was, I wanted to step off the pitch and, and walk off. You know, I didn't want to give them the, that satisfaction of feeling like they got under my skin to the point where I wanted to quit you know, and, 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 given simply because of, of, of that remark. Um, but I was coming back to it, you know, I wasn't gonna let it slide. So, you know, that's the other part. You know, one
0: of the things that I've liked the most from this experience of seeing you guys come together to win this has been the overwhelming support of each other on social Mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. And the fact that these guys, you both, you can all look each other in the eye now. And I remember after the semifinal, you guys all came together on the field. And um, after the final, everyone celebrated together in front of the fans. And those are very club team type of things that you do, right? Sometimes obligatory, sometimes because that's how you ride. And I remember thinking about when I looked at the group of you guys on the field after the semi, There wasn't any coaches there. Mm
1: -mm.
0: There wasn't any staff there. It was just all the players. And I could only see from my angle, perhaps other people were talking. I saw Reggie talking and speaking into the circle. And I just remember thinking like, this is amazing, right? Like these guys have come out of this game. Could Again, semifinal could have gone the other way as well. You come out of the game. Now you're going into a final. You're more mature. You're a little bit more sort of uh, battle-hardened and then to see you guys go through this and then you know you deal and your other teammates and the other uh people and players of color that have to go with this go uh, deal with this on a daily basis you know you put out your statement on on social other people are, are riding for you you shared a few of these horrible people's accounts and what they said on on social media or reshared or whatever and the the support that i think the community has been showing and your teammates have been showing is a groundswell for the future, right? It's not done in a vacuum. It's not done in isolation. And, And those are the types of moments that I look at this team and on a human level, I go, there's something special happening here. Maybe this team doesn't win a World Cup. Maybe they do. But what there is, is this family, this uniting you guys have had to carry the burden of failure from the 2018 team, most of which of you, 95% weren't part of. Um, you guys had to carry the failure of the Olympic team not qualifying recently. And everybody was waiting for you guys to fail, to be mm-hmm. like, man, it's just the fluke. It's just all talent. National team's different. Cohesion's different. Everybody had their written article, right? And and their post ready, like in the drafts, just waiting for this team to fall mm-hmm. down because that's that's an easy rallying factor around the national team narrative leading up till now. So I don't know, they haven't played anybody tough. They haven't had their A-team together. They haven't whatever. Yeah, they're all too young. There's not an, a CONCACAF experience. And for you guys to go despite all that, without all that experience and win and experience the, the things that you had in such a high level, negative, horrible things that no one should ever have to experience anytime in their lifetime around a huge moment for you, a huge moment for the team, uh, just shows me the the, the the character that you have, that the team has, and the potential for where this can go. And so, like I said, you know, I, I could talk about this all night because I've felt heavy chested when the US fails to qualify for the Olympics, when the US fails to qualify for the last World Cup, when the US fails to beat Mexico in a final, when the US, you know, all of these things f- make me feel less legitimate for the time and effort that I put into the national team, because I'm, hell, oh, oh, this stuff, like I got to a high level. This is hard work. And people go, yeah, but it's the US, it's CONCACAF. Like, you know, imagine having to qualify in Europe. Like, I wish, you know, I wish we could qualify in CONCACAF. And all those things that you hear and the stereotypes of the players and the quality and the lack thereof and whatever, to see you guys come out on top was just, you know, it was like a relief for me. It was a relief that this team had accomplished and achieved. At the level it was capable of and it didn't have to be pretty it was by any means necessary and got it done it's just yeah man i'm i'm super proud i think the community the soccer community is alive and thriving again because of this game like i don't mm-hmm. you know the nations league was just this thing right it was just this thing that was about like m- right more competitive matches and like more revenue and all these things to eliminate friendlies no one was taking it serious in fact I don't remember who the rights holder was. I think it was Fox had the rights before CBS picked it up and they didn't want, like they dropped it or it was ESPN maybe. Whoever it was, they dropped it. They didn't want it because it was this thing and it was a pandemic and it was expensive and nobody like, and to see what that meant after 15 months of a pandemic to the fans, to the people, to you guys who have now been, gone through this cycle together so far is just like an incredible thing and yeah, dude, like I... I've been to some really crazy events as a fan. I've played in some crazy stadiums and crazy experiences, but being at that game is a top five experience for me for sure, including a player and a fan, just because to see you guys look at each other in the eyes in the toughest times and grind through it and beat a Mexico team who's very good and very prideful and to see you guys you know oh you guys wanna you guys wanna you guys wanna fight let's fight you guys wanna brawl out let's brawl out you guys wanna get into a a scuffle. Let's get into a scuffle (laughs) to see everybody just go back to back. Like I've seen national teams in our past where one guy gets pushed, the other one pushes and it's kind of like an isolated incident. This was like one of those things where I was like, nah, you push him, you got to push me. You push me, you got to push him. And all of those factors just make, yeah, man, it's just like, I don't know. It's hard to explain as as a, as a fan of all this, but it's just like it checked every box for me.
1: Nah. Well, first I want to, yeah, I want to say thank you for, for all the support, you know, that I've been shown, you know, all the messages that I received. You know, I appreciate it. We keep fighting a good fight. You, you see the ignorance we all see. And the only reason I've, I post it is just to, to keep it going, to show that it's still prevalent, that's still there. You know, it's not going to, you know, the ignorance doesn't die out overnight. You know, this is a, a constant uh, sickness, I like to call it, you know, that still plagues, you know, not only the, the, the game that we love, but but just humanity in general. You know, so so again, I appreciate that, and you know, my, my my teammates and all those who who have been who suffered racial abuse and and been personally attacked. You know, appreciate it. Um, and then to to tap on to tap into to the whole social media thing with this group is we we got I think I think guys are getting criticism because people felt like it was all for show. How you know you comment on this picture? You know you 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 comment this, you laugh and joke and this that and the other that's real, man. That that stuff is real. You know, that, that stuff is, is, is not, is not for show. You know, I think it's, it's a one way of externalizing, you know, how we, you know, the bond we have, you know, that, that fun loving spirit and brotherhood that we have. But when you step into the, to the ring, you know, we, we, we have that feeling that we got each other's backs, you know, and, and that's something uh, that people won't ever see, you know, um, until you get into moments like, like Sunday, um, until you get into moments and in qualifiers you know, where we're down 1-0 in a match, we should be winning 5-0, you know, we need to roll up our sleeves and get the job done, you know, when we're, uh, got our backs against the wall, you know, when we're, you know, w- whatever the situation is, I think that that's what will will separate this group and, and, and really push us to to be better, uh, to, to become more, more unified, you know, and more successful, you know, all together, names aside, names aside, clubs aside we We had that discussion because we played like absolute dog crap against Honduras, to be completely frank. You know, we just were sloppy and 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 we were ripping into each other, you know, so it was, yeah, we celebrated with the fans, but then we started ripping into each other. We were like, yeah, if we want to play in the final, this is not going to cut it. Yeah. you know, and and we know that it's not going to be pretty, but we're going to have to get the job done in this next match. So yeah, yeah, it was that's awesome,
0: yeah, i was I was curious as to what was being said in there because I could see I could only see Reggie Reggie talking because he was facing me. But the group was tight, and I was like looking around. I was like, "I I want to see. Is there a coach in there? Is this a, is this a team talk? But it was a players talking to each other. There's not a lot of age in that group. You know, uh-huh. you're talking about who
1: Sebastian Legette, I think uh, Tim Reed. Seba, Tim DeAndre John Brooks. But for age, that's Zach, a, a, Zach, yeah, exactly. Yeah, like middle, is, is a, you know, yeah.
0: Like it's it's you know you know, and so to have that maturity to do that is is amazing. And to, to, to recognize the moment and the fact that it's not going to be good enough, I think is, is, is pretty incredible. And, you know, I was sitting at the pool at my hotel and it was me, Clint Dempsey, Charlie Davies, Modu, and uh, Onyewu, Gucci Onyewu, and um, Yanelli Farias. And we were all just sitting talking. And I remember, all of our stories started with, I remember when, or do you remember Mm -hmm. this? And there will come a day and we're all living on those memories now. That's how we, that's the only way that we can, right? Because our days are finished for all of us. And, you know, um, Charlie went out from, you know, of his best from an accident. I went out from injuries. Mo went out from injuries. Gooch out from injuries. And everybody had varying degrees of, of, of careers, but, Eventually, the game forces you out, you know, whether you want to or not. And you guys have now built a moment that you will be able to go and sit at a pool with them and talk about, yo, you remember this or that? And what, what we have is gold cups. We have Confederations Cup Final. We have World Cup games. We have all these things that all these different guys have from their experiences. And all we have are those experiences left. And now you've made one that no one can ever, ever take from you. And you'll be able to sit at a pool with Christian and your boys and whatever when you guys are in the broadcast world someday and know that if you never got called into the national team again, no one can take this from you. It's history. It's one of the greatest U.S. soccer moments in history in a game of consequence. And so, yeah, I, I, you know, it was just... It's funny just how the the, the way it works because I remember I would start a story and somebody'd be like, "Oh, I don't remember like that," and then somebody else would tell a story about something else that I didn't remember. So everybody's got a different kind of memory on how all these things go down. But now it's etched in history, right? Like, right. And, and you're on the good side of that history, and so you know, hopefully, you can look back at the end of your very long national team career and say, "Yo, we beat Mexico in a final." It was crazy and the racism was awful. Look where we're at now, you know, right. 10, 15 years on, you know, the national team, as good as it's ever been, the 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 racism itself is not as prevalent or it's been addressed or it's been improved upon or, you know, growth from humanity, you know, because of the things you guys do, standing up for each other, speaking out on these issues, continuing to move the needle on stuff that matters. And I think that's a pretty cool thing to 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 put as like a checkpoint that someday you'll be able to check back in on and be like i remember when and it was all these things and hopefully you know when it's all said and done um
1: all these things are better absolutely and that's the goal i mean football aside you know just being remembered uh for 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 making an impact you know for for leaving a, a lasting legacy I think that's yeah. the, the biggest thing, you know, and then you bring in football and yeah, of course you wanna you wanna go down as, as some of the greatest to do it, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Any football, any athlete wants to do that. Um but to to be remembered and to, to then come, you know, chill out a barbecue and talk about memories, you know, like that, that's that's a special moment. You know, we we laughed and joked after you know, after the match, like, man, this fight to Salt Lake would have been trash if we lost Mm -hmm. like (laughs) you know how 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 miserable it would have been to to now you know end that tournament you know like that and then to fly out here is yeah man it's 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 one of those things and that's that's what i mean it's a milestone you know that that you all can can sit back and, and remember can sit back and think about you know when it's like man can things get any worse like yeah well, you, you remember when we were getting, you know, beer cans, you know, people spent 15 bucks for that, that, that 12 ounce of, of, of Miller Lite, you know, and really threw it onto the field. You know, he's, he's, he's probably pretty pissed off about that, you know, yeah. little things like that, you know, that, that you remember and, and, and can really uh, chop up. Exactly. And the one thing I could tell you, Thursday before
0: the game, Michael cameraman came up to me, we were in between hits on camera and he said, this is the youngest team. Yeah to play in an official competition since 2007 Copa America against Colombia, mm-hmm. And he goes, you know who played in that game, Heath? And I was like, who? He goes, Charlie Davies. And I go, Michael, you know who played in that game? <laughs> me. And, and he didn't remember, but I did. And I was like, oh, okay, a piece of history, something you can't take from me. I didn't know that was the youngest team. Yeah. I mean, they probably said so at the time, but you don't remember that. And someday down the line, Someone's going, this team is going to be younger than you. And they're going to say, remember when and they're going to say, you know, first ever Nations League semifinal, you know, who's on that team, Mark McKenzie. And like, that's a cool feeling to know that there's nothing club teams, loyalties, changing teams, pushing for the best you can be and play at the best club you can play at and get as much bread as you can in your career is one thing, but the national team will always be the same. You know, mm-hmm. it'll be that consistent. And you've got to taste that and experience that. And, and it's only going to improve and, and, and hopefully it's a long run for you. But it, it, it gives you an idea of like what, what it means to the people in your country and what it means to the national team, what it means to wear the crest and what it means to hear the national anthem and what it means to like be in a stadium with everyone and know that like, I haven't talked to Clint in, I don't know, two years maybe. But when I saw him, you just have this thing where you just go, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. you feel like you've seen some shit together and you yeah. have this instant respect where it's like, how you been? What have you been up to? But there's this like brotherhood that you guys are now building and experiencing that I think was missing for a little bit. That feels like it's back in spades and it's amazing to see. And I can't wait to see what you guys accomplish. Is there anything else that you want to give a shout out to the people or any more things you want to speak on or, or any of that? Cause you know, been a while yeah. since we've caught up because you're a busy man you know el campeon
1: <laughs> listen as,
0: man it's as, tough it's as, tough as the mexican national team would call you los
1: campeones <laughs> listen it's tough you know this is look i've been blessed enough to play and uh to lift three trophies now in the last eight eight nine months now you know so mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know what's, what, what's that what's what's that burden like man what's that burden you know like? you know it's 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 crazy you know i was talking to reggie he was like this is my first trophy i was like really, man, this is my third. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, it's my third year. <laughs> you know, but, but how, how like tough it is for for to, to put yourself in a position to play in a final or to play in a, a, a match where you lift a trophy or a trophy is on the line. Like that is something that not a lot of people get to experience. It's 1% of players will, will ever get to lift the trophy. So it's mm-hmm. like when you're really in that, and don't don't quote me on that statistic. I'm just saying it's very no, hard. No, but it's very, it's, very rare. Most rare. people
0: go their whole career... And that's why you see in the big sports, they jump on the back of the big teams and try you to know? go like I like I'm going to be a Hall of Famer. I, I I need to I still need to get that trophy, you know, um, exactly
1: because it's elusive. It is it is you know so so to to be blessed enough to lift three trophies now supporter shield the belgian cup and and you know now my fir- my this is my first like national official national team competition i played in a couple friendlies you know played against switzerland great experience but now to play on the big stage from a national team to start and, and then to be part of that fir- that inaugural nations league winning team you now that's like Even more special, you know that pride is like your your heart is full, and yeah, it's tough. It wasn't my greatest performance, but I don't care, you know. Well, I do care. Let me let me take that back. I do care, but at the same time, we we won. We lifted the trophy, man, and and that's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll wrap this up now, but it's just kind of crazy that
0: I told you my hotel, but I just didn't (laughs) my my jersey. I didn't didn't see a Mark McKenzie jersey there. It's crazy. I may have. I may have not. I mean, it may have I, just been in dry cleaning, or maybe maybe they had the wrong room number. I t- but I told
1: them to to I said Heath Pierce the 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 hotel in Denver. Mm-hmm. I think it was. I think I, she might have written it down wrong. I think it was, I think yeah. House, she may have written it down. That's wrong, fair because look, I was standing in front you. of Don't my friends. I, I was
0: in front of my friends, in front of my peers. I was on TV. It would have been the perfect moment to be like, "Yo, this is for you, man." my guy, my mentor, you know, <laughs> without you, you know, this would have been tough. And then I could have been like, you know, I just had a chance to catch up with Mark McKenzie, who's champion of, you know, inaugural Nations League. And he gave me this jersey and said, and then I would, I would have amplified it too. Of like, course you would have, of player. course. Uh, you were, you were the one that I always wanted to be. And, and now YouTube, you're my you for games. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm only semi kidding. I do want one of these jerseys. If you, if you don't give me one in your top 10 caps, I'm gonna be real.
1: Listen, real listen. Set, I'm at let's set. see, let's see. I'm at, uh, I'm at five now. I think, I think I'm Ooh, at five. Boy. I'm at five. I'm halfway there. So uh, I, I got you, man. Listen, yeah. that, the how many do you guys get to keep
0: both of them right now?
1: Yeah, but I gave I swapped one with one of my gang teammates, mm-hmm. uh, Arteaga. Mm-hmm. and then uh, I have one that I'm gonna frame. But we have some extras from uh, from the Switzerland game, the Honduras game, and then tomorrow's match we'll have uh we should get some as well. So okay. don't That's worry, he. I got you. Yeah, my don't guys worry, me, my probably, guys trying to give Matt's me matches from friend friendlies.
0: <laughs> my guys trying to give me the ones that aren't embroidered on the shirt. Listen, and,
1: man, uh, man, say the final on him, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> facts, yeah. facts, and don't worry, Matt. I will get you a jersey too, bro. Don't worry, don't worry. Top twelve, top twelve, top twelve guys. Ah, I, lo- I
0: like that, Matt. <laughs> Matt. Matt's uh, trying to increase his odds by supporting your brand sponsors. You know, he's got yeah. You see, it, you on. see, BMI. you see it. You know, you see it, is, uh, to be fair, this is what the entourage looks like. You know, it's we all, we, we, if, if if you eat, we all eat. You know, if you're a Nike guy, we all
1: we're all wearing Nike. You know hey, I mean? hey like, you're a Rolex guy, I'm a Rolex yeah. guy. You know, that's how we do yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, you're a first class guy, I'm taking the bus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Economy, baby, fly uh, fishing, baby. <laughs> yeah, but hey, we're not going to keep you guys much longer. You uh, know, like Heath, my guy.
0: I, it's almost, it's almost, it's not even 10 o'clock
1: here. I just got it. I know, mean, it's, it's just, only 1045 here. I I got it all day tomorrow. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Matt's the only one in a time crunch. <laughs> yeah. Mark. So that is it, man. That is an episode. Thank
0: you for being open and honest with me, with us, with the listeners of Orange Slices. That's what makes us fun is that we get to have my old ass stories and have you giving the behind the scenes of what it's like to actually go through this with this generation. So I appreciate you making time. Obviously, we're going to have a guest on again soon. Tell the people that have people, have people been asking about the the Orange Slices podcast? Have your teammates been asking?
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everybody's been asking me, oh, how come you didn't invite me to be on? I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Keep the same energy. Keep the same mm-hmm. energy when I'm insta yeah. having Heath Instagram DM you. Yeah, just keep the when, same energy. When you please. when you leave me <laughs> when
0: you leave when you leave my my co-host on Red and the DMs have that same energy. You know, like that's that's what I'm saying. But yeah, I we'll have well, you know. Obviously, that's most of the guys have. have said yeah. Most of the guys have said that they're down to come on. Obviously, the timing of it with you guys in camp, we don't want to disrupt that, and we want to be able to put stuff out that's timely. So we don't want to we don't want to bother guys that something ages or whatever. So like you know. It's not it's not timely by the time it goes up, so we want everyone to be able to focus in camp. But soon, hopefully, we can get everybody on. Um, you know, mm-hmm. ho- hopefully, you, you you shared your burner phone with them so we can get that stuff going. Um, and that's it from us, guys. That's of course, that's man. I'm a that's razor. our that's yeah 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 <laughs> two way pager. Um, you know that that you don't <laughs> even know what that is. Uh, that's it from us, guys. That's another episode of Orange Slices. Make sure uh, you leave a comment. Um, and a review. Give us five stars. Find us on social at Slice of Soccer. And uh, Mark and I are really enjoying this. And uh, we're going to keep this going for you guys. And we plan to have guests on again soon. But uh, as usual, we appreciate you guys tuning in, sharing this with people and helping to grow this community because, you know, you can see where we're starting now, where the stories came from. And now Mark going through it, I think we're on a great path heading towards this next World Cup and beyond as the game keeps growing. So I think uh, what we're doing is right. I think this is a validator this last week of what's going on. I think it's a validator for the growth that people are recognizing you with your podcast, with your voice, and you're using that as a platform to grow yourself, grow the game, and and just grow humanity. So that is it from us. And uh, Mark and I will see you guys next time. Peace.